I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, we made it back. Uh, I'm Richard Keyes. Have I got to say that? Mm -hmm. I'm Andy Green. Well, you haven't got to say I'm Richard Richard Keyes. Keyes. I'm Andy Green. You need to announce yourself. Okay, right, do it again then. suggest you shut up and show more football. Come on, come on. Bigger, bigger. We've done that thing. Can we not knock it? I am flabbergasted. I wouldn't even let him on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> Again, don't, please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. When the seagulls follow the troll, it's because they sing sardines will be strong into the sea. I understand what I'm trying to get at. Yes, he was a great player. Yes, he was a wonderful leader. But he wasn't a magician. I'll take him out, son. I mean that. Take him. (laughs) I'm Richard Keyes. And I'm Andy Gray. Excellent. Okay, this is uh, number three in the series. It took us a while to get beyond the pilot and start again but nevertheless having done that Andrew we are available on a weekly basis now this is an exclusive podcast you won't find us anywhere else Uh, do follow and subscribe share on whatever platform you get your podcasts on you can follow us and get in touch via Twitter at keys and grey A-N-D keys and grey pod and on Instagram at keys and grey the podcast you can email to keys and grey the podcast at gmail.com. Okay, so that's the... Um, Homework? Housework? Yeah, those, that's the, the, the house announcements yes. done. Yeah. So what have we got this week? Uh, our guest I'm really looking forward to spending time with <laughs> is a man who has a reputation for being stern. Really? Mm. You know him, you played with him. I You've know. known him all I've of your known career. Him since he was to 17. those of us that don't know Walter mm. Smith, I know. he comes across as a very serious yeah. man. Yeah. But until, then, until you meet him. Until you, and then p- people would say that of Kenny Dalgleish as well. Yes, that's fair. Who's one of the funniest men, I think, that yeah. you could you could spend time with. So Walter Smith is our guest. What else do we have? Um, we have the revelation of a cunning plan, indeed a conspiracy, ah. to stop Liverpool ever winning the title again. Sorry? Run mm. that past me again? 
a conspiracy, I think it, we can describe it as. See, I like doing this show because I never know what you're going to throw at me. I know. And it's better. <laughs> it's, be, it's better that that's the case. Because yeah. your first reaction is yeah. the best reaction. And there is only one first. So if I warn you, I'm not going to get what I'm looking for, am I? Oh. That's why many times down the years I haven't said anything. Right. So a conspiracy. A wow. conspiracy to stop Liverpool ever winning the title again. I think I probably should share that with you. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, so I had this ready and then had to change yeah. in order to find the details about how to contact us. Former Arsenal boss Arsene Wenger wants to replace throw-ins. Ah, I've heard this. With kick-ins. As he plans to radically freshen up the game in his new role with FIFA. Now I can see you shaking your head. Yep. Uh, let me give you some detail. I've, I've discussed with you previously yeah. that, that uh, it was a presentation from David Dean, yes, former yes. vice chairman at Arsenal, who said Arsene and uh, Kalina yep. are working on a, a way of calling offside technically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, I'll come around to it. Mate, that was bad enough, yeah. I would like to change the throw-in rule, says Arsene. Five minutes before the end, a throw-in for you should be an advantage. But in these situations, you're facing 10 outfield players in play whilst you only have nine. Stats show that in eight out of ten of those throwing situations, you lose the ball. In your half of the pitch, you should have the possibility to take a kick instead. <laughs> Just in the last five minutes. Uh, in the last, well, no, in the last, in the last fifty. Did I say five? five? You said five, I think, didn't you? Uh, yeah, five minutes. Yeah, I think. I think. Well, he hasn't been specific about that. Look, it's called football, so yes. why not? No, sorry. Why? No, well, because it's a throwing. Well, it's always been a throw-in, but does that mean... That so what we do have... we do then? So we then, I've got an idea. So every throw-in that goes out, it goes out there, you're 80 yards from goal, and you just lump it up the pitch to the edge of their box. You could, but... but, but because you can't be offside. Wait a minute now. See, this, this, that would, have, they would need a fundamental change in the laws of the game again. Of course. Right? So then, at the moment, you can't be offside from a throw-in. No. Right? So they would have to then... So if I'm playing and I'm chasing a game and I get a throw-in... And the edge of my own 18-yard box, parallel mm -hmm. with that, I'm getting my goalie to go out and smack it right up into their penalty area. Yes. Well, what's fair about that? Well, you Rory, why don't you just throw it in? Rory Dillac could have it. done that. No, I'm sorry. No, I know. But no, I'm not having that. No. Arson is a, a... I love Arson. Love talking to him. But no. I was in conversation Kicking, with him. No. I was in conversation with him via text this week. I'll, I'll, I'll reveal right. more in just a moment. Good. Uh, he, we know we've discussed this. So, I would also like it to be that there is no offside as long as a single body part of a player that can score is in line with the defender. In other words, turn the law on its head, whereas now we look across the line and if a toe is a millimetre offside, is offside. What Arsene's saying is if your trailing foot is level with the <laughs> defender and the rest of your body is in front, you're onside. No. Yes. Why not? We want to see goals scored. Everybody's saying at the moment, why are there so many goals? Who cares? Enjoy it. It doesn't yes, matter. It doesn't matter. And the, the reason there's so many goals is that VAR's not getting involved very much. Well, that's one reason. I'd, I'd grant you. So, offside? No. You just, I mean, it just, then you can be a yard offside, a metre offside. You can be. Right? Well, well you can be you a metre. You can be a metre offside, well, Richard. As long as your trailing foot is level yes, with the defender. Yes, but you can still be a metre offside. You're onside by a metre. No, you're off. You've got to look at it differently. No, you don't have to look at it differently. Wenger is also looking to alter set pieces, including free kicks, so a player can touch the ball more than once, in other words, play it to himself, and 
allowing outswinging corners to go out of play oh, brilliant. behind the goal brilliant. before coming back no, onto I'm the sorry. field. So can we do that with throw-ins as well? Well, you're not taking throws. You're taking tap-ins. No. I mean, I'm sorry. If the ball goes out, the, the reason there are dimensions on a football pitch and lines is so that the laws of the game are covered by them. Yes, but... If the but, ball bends out of play, it's out of play. No, Wenger goes on to say, we're also considering other things. The corner that goes out of play and comes back in could be made valid. This would create a new goal-scoring opportunity. There is also the option of no, quickly it's just playing a bad a, corner. There is also well, there is also the option of quickly playing a free kick to yourself. Why not keep the game moving? So you can just tap it and dribble yourself. Yes, I'll get off. Come on, listen. I'm, I, honestly, honestly, it's, this is this game, and I, I'm, I'm not anti progress. I am anti ridiculous pro progress. <laughs> I'm anti well, making up things you're, you're for the anti... sake of making them well, up, no. like the the kickoff law. I mean, did it really need? Six months of discussion. That's a piece of so nonsense. So that you, you didn't kick it to your mate? That's a piece of nonsense. Nonsense. Throw a corner kicks going out of play and coming back in should stand? Nonsense. Throw-ins being kick-ins? Nonsense. I did put to him a number of other uh, smart ideas. In shootouts, take penalties both ends. Yeah, I, I, I agree with crowds in and yes. crowds at either end. I agree. Big games Shoot always have to your own fans. split stadiums. It's yeah. an advantage to take in front of your own fans. That's why they toss up for it. Yeah. I think that's completely like big wrong. big tournaments, the European Championships and particularly World yes. Cup. Yes. T tournaments yes. like that, there is always fans at yes. either end. No subs after 90 minutes. I don't mind that. I'm, I'm tired with, with, with coaches time. cheating and wasting time. Whatever happened to leaving the field at the nearest line? We've forgotten Some all do. about that. Some do. Um, and also, no, no, no extra time. We don't need extra time yeah, in the agreed. modern game. No extra time. Agreed. Do you and know why I agreed? I watched Scotland last night, right? Just yeah. an offshoot. Oh, my goodness. Um, we got through, but we were awful. Mm. But they looked nervy and edgy, the boys, and I can get that because it was a massive game. But the last thing any of those players needed, and I include Israel players in this as well, was 30 minutes of, of extra time. Nonsense. 30 minutes of tedium. It should have been 90 minutes. One last change. Bang. Away goals should no longer count double. Correct. It is an unfair advantage. See? And actually, it, it these days, it encourages teams to defend a 1-0 lead. Can I just ask you something? Yes, If you're Andrew. coming up with those ideas that I agree with, yes. that seem to be positive as regards mm -hmm. of football, why are you not working with Arsene Wenger? I did offer. Did you? I, 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 I said done. more than happy to, <laughs> to come and work as number two. <laughs> but those, those are things that don't affect the game, but actually make it better. What Arsene's doing and listen i have huge respect for arson Wenger, right love him to bits love chatting to him about football but it's making change for change's sake i object to i understand that but i i am i am i too share your affection for arson Wenger. yeah a genius a, 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 the only Absolutely. other player person individual manager whatever he may have been at the time that i've enjoyed as much talking to football about apart from yourself is glenn hoddle and ironically, they spent time with each other, didn't they, in Monaco? Yes. Uh, the reason I say it's a conspiracy to stop right, Liverpool yeah, ever winning going, the title yeah. is because... They've got a throwing Thomas coach. Thomas Grunemark the is the coach. throwing coach. Yeah, yeah. I work on the long, fast and clever, he says, in introducing himself uh -huh. and discussing throw-ins. Yeah. Uh, you could say that I coach intelligence when it comes to throw-ins, he says. I'm not afraid to say that most professional players possess very little intelligence in this respect. <laughs> and among amateurs and young players, it tends to be even worse. 99% of the professional players and coaches I'm in contact with have never practiced throw-ins, and those that have have not practiced at a particularly high level. See, a number of people analysed what went wrong at Aston Villa for Liverpool. Right, throw-ins. Correct. Well, it wasn't the seven goals that well, Villa scored, no. 
Nothing to do with you that. You see, this is... I, I know you and I have had... Sorry, throw in. Uh, seriously, did yes. someone analyse that and say the reason Liverpool got beat at Aston Villa was because of their throw-in? No, no, no. I am offering that as oh. a, a reason because the reason they won the title was Thomas Gronemark's no, smart thinking on no, throw-ins. No, it wasn't. The reason they won the title is they were better than anybody else. And they had Mane, Salah, Firmino, all these great players, good defence, didn't concede goals, he says, great goalkeeper. If you watch a Liverpool match, there are usually six or seven players who do the throw-ins. If Salah is closest to the ball, he should go ahead and do the throw-in, but only if it makes sense. However, it can be a disadvantage to take the throw-in too fast. The worst thing you can do is take a throw-in fast in a pressure zone. Really? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Is um, he getting a lot of work? Uh, he, at the moment, is only working with one club, which is Liverpool. Okay. I coached a lot of players who have improved the length of their throws with the help of technical training. When I started working uh, with Kian Hansen, now of Nyorderland, uh, he could throw 30 metres, which is pretty far, but the throw was high and easy to defend. He ultimately reached 36.7 metres, but throwing it at an incredible speed, you see. So why are you looking... <laughs> I can't believe I'm listening to this. Uh, a completely different case is Andy Robertson who couldn't throw past 19 metres when I met him. That's very, very short. And when you throw that short, it's very, very easy to put a throw under pressure. He managed to extend his throw by nearly eight metres. And although he'll never have the longest throw, with the training that we've put in place, he's managed to improve well, the radius you. of his throws by more than 500 me square metres. And I so it goes Scotland on. I Scotland play last night. Honestly. And Andy's throws were not very good. What? Ah, he's playing for Scotland. No, he's using the Liverpool theory. From the Liverpool throwing coach. That didn't work last night. I'm all for my new shy. I'm all... Yes. And More so than ever. Something we're going game. to discuss, yeah. I think, with, with, with Walter in a minute. But this here is... You talk about changes for changes' sake. This here is a guy who's who's trying to impress upon us. I mean, nonsense. Come on. A the extra 1% a throw. And I, I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. As I said to you, half-jokingly, uh, when we heard about this, what, 18 months, two years ago, whatever, mm. I'll tell you, I'm going to be a throwing coach. Pick up the ball, <laughs> put it behind your head and throw it to a person who's wearing the same colour shirt as you. That would seem to me to be a pretty good way to take a throw in. So you, at the time, you told me you were going to be a kickoff coach. A kickoff coach, yes. I'm going to be a kickoff coach. <laughs> I can't see, I really can't see the margins. And I've got another one. <laughs> I'm going to be a goal kick coach. <laughs> We don't need to these days. You can see ah. No, but you don't need no. to. You just roll it no. six metres square. Sometimes when you do that, it's the wrong choice. <laughs> you, right? you need see, to put you, it into see, a thought about it. pressure area. You, if you do that and you're under pressure, that's the wrong goal kick. <laughs> there you go. So there's another one for us. Ah, uh, uh, dear. It's all fun. It's all fun. Uh, yeah, so so our conclusion on, on law changes, only where... The game benefits from it. Don't change for change's sake. I mean, honestly. David Ellery, we discussed this last yeah, week. We 178 law changes uh, and it's, counting. It's extraordinary. 11 attempts at defining VAR. We are, we, are, we are allowing people, and I mean this, who are not truly football people, mm. right? Who have never played, coached, uh, or managed. Arsene's the exception, but he's only just gone in there to FIFA. He's not been there for 10 years or anything, influencing him. I don't think anyone has. The people who are influencing the game to a huge extent are officials, ex-referees in particular, and how the game is played. Now, fine, if you want to offer up how the game can be refereed, then fine. If you want to make your referees better, then fine. If you want to make VAR better, then fine. But do it by consulting the people who actually coach and manage and play the game. And if we do that and we all get together and we make the right decisions, I 
deliberate and thought out decision. Not just say, what can I do now? Uh, I'm telling you what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop the goalkeeper using his hands. <laughs> Well, Guardiola is ahead of you. He's already done. <laughs> I mean, that'll be next. That'll be next. Now, the serious point you make, I concur. It, 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 you're absolutely right. It is generally lawmakers that have it the is. greatest effect upon the game, and, and those are not the people we want to hear from, which is why together. I advocate... I'm not saying get rid of them. I'm not saying they shouldn't be heard and their, their voices should be uh, uh, muted. Mm. What I'm saying is... Consult with people who actually are in the game. But that's why I support what Arsene is trying to yes. do. He's trying to get people to think laterally and, and, and cleverly about change that could ultimately lead to a benefit rather than uh, no, a, a negative. But, but Richard, if somebody takes a corner and he plays it out of play and back in, I'm sorry, it's a bad corner. You should not benefit from putting the ball out of play. So does that mean if I'm a fullback and I just tuck the ball into my right foot here and right back and I want to clip it down the line mm. so if I, and I can't get yeah, there's a player in front of me blocking it, doing his job defensively. <laughs> if I bend it round him, right, and it goes out of play and comes back in, my winger goes down and scores, is that a goal then? No. Well, it should be. No, because you're taking Under things to... to I, I know what you're I saying. Am. but I'm <laughs> taking things. <laughs> you're just... That's a silly... Yeah. No, uh, you, you wouldn't be in a right full-back position, you, anyway. If you, if you just I certainly left, wouldn't be bending if, if, if with my right foot, either. Left foot. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got another, I've got another one for you. I want to run past you, uh, but um, our, our guest is waiting to talk to us. Gary Neville. Yes. For chief exec Ooh. of Manchester United. Wow. Wow. I will explain more in just a moment. Okay. In the meantime... We need to talk to our guest. Yes, we do. Top man. So, Andra, time to meet our guest. Uh, oh, no, um, one thing I meant to ask you, before we do that, when, when you look back on your career oh. and all of the things that you've achieved and yeah, done, yeah. What, what are you most proud of? Do you know that there's things like you win things and you represent your country that mm. are the obvious ones, but things that make you made me proud when I look back now when I was a kid at mm. Dundee United, because you go in there full of enthusiasm mm -hmm. and, and older players recognise that and they kind of tag on to you a wee bit and there was there was one there in particular a, a kind of jobbing midfield player comes centre back <laughs> good skill lovely touch in the ball great head tennis player but was kind of drifting Richard mm. and he used to just play the ball sometimes aimlessly up the line and there'd be nobody there but when I came in I was a kid so I chased all these balls and all of a sudden this ageing ageing jobbing yeah, yeah, yeah. Mid, midfield come centre back yeah. was playing in the Scottish Cup final so, 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 really, what you're saying is extending the career yes. of a of a senior I, pro. He was uh, when I got there. Jim McLean told me he said, "Got a bit of a problem with this lad. There's one or two who are just about peaked, and I might have to get rid." And but Walter, oh, did I mention his name? Walter, I didn't mean to mention his <laughs> name there. Mr. Smith, Walter Smith, how are you doing? <laughs> morning, Walter. Is this morning, true? Is, is this true? Well, I, wait. I, I, I have told Mr. Gray in many occasions. <laughs> That uh, the, my inability to pass made him a better player. <laughs> because, um, he, um, he had to, to run around a wee bit more than he did do when he came here at the start. He used to stand up there, wait for people to cross it in, and then attempt a header. But uh, he, he, he started out his career there. And, uh, he did, did all right at start, but really we couldn't wait to get rid of him. As soon as we got rid of him, we went, we went on to better things. He, he, he doesn't tell people that. What I, what I will admit, uh, Walter, is you 
Uh, was there anybody better at head tennis? Was we Payneer, Graham Neary, uh, David Neary? Were they up there at your level? You were the top head tennis player, weren't you, at United at that time? Uh, John Holt, uh, ah, one of the yes. players. Uh, um, he was uh, he was good at head tennis, but uh, uh, a wee bit of lack of mental toughness in him. <laughs> I used to get him decision wise, being a wee bit older than him. Um, you see, we're, but, we're uh, about no. to explode uh, a myth here. That being that, like everybody else that hadn't met Walter Smith when I was a young man, I was scared of him. Really? Yeah, he exudes fear. Yeah. Um, I realised that he had a sense of humour when we went to cover a Scottish football <laughs> match. Commentators always want to be ahead of the pack mm-hmm. and know the team. I was there that night, yeah. And do you remember, Walter yeah, Smith came co- out of the I dressing room and Martin Tyler was commentating. Walter and Martin said, can I, can, I just, can I just check the team with you, Walter? And Walter came out of the dressing room and gave him 11 names. <laughs> 11 names that weren't playing. <laughs> As he went through the list, number four, Martin's face was getting more and more serious. Number five, number six, and Martin's looking at his pad thinking, I haven't got any of these down. <laughs> number seven, and then just turned to walk away. Oh, Did you do that so often, you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I remember that. He's such was, a professional that, that right. I thought it would be quite a nice thing to try and upset him. Before oh, it was terrific. Game. And I made a mug of myself. I, I, I sat with Walter at an Elton John concert in Mallorca. and. Yeah, 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 yeah. Andrea Botticelli was was also on the bill. And yes, we were talking yes. about uh, the upcoming European Cup game between Rangers and Celtic. Walter had just gone back. And I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, Elton kindly asked if we would just pop in and say of hello. Of course he did. Yeah. Walter. So uh, as we're going in, I'm, I'm walking in with Walter. And I, of course, we've been discussing the match. And I, I remember turning to him and saying, are you going? And then thinking, what a mug. What do you mean, are you going? He's the manager. You You, you must have thought, what's he on? (laughs) Um, But it was was great. Now, that's what was your reputation. That's a (laughs) bad Correct. I was fully expected. A a couple of stories that we need to check. Alex Ferguson's golf. Um, Is he prone to a little manipulation on the course, Walter? Um, it would be remiss of me to, uh, to reveal that. No, it wouldn't. Um, it, 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 it's about time. What? Alistair uh, McCoy tells no, no. a great story of the time he partnered him and he's in a bush and he's whispering out of the bush to Ali <laughs> as you're going down the, 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 the fairway in your buggy, is he looking? Is he looking? And, and Ali says, all I can hear is, I am looking. looking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's got a great one. I, I, we played it in the year. And uh, uh, Mike feeling myself and Sir Alec, and uh, he uh, he his drive is normal behind the tree. So I happened to be in a bunker near the green, and I, I kind of ducked down a little bit so he couldn't see me, and I was watching him. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the ball came out from behind the tree, and the next thing he chips his next shot onto the green. So as we get onto the green, he said, "That's a four for me." I said. Does that include the one that you knocked out from behind the tree? <laughs> How did you see that? <laughs> and, uh, and away he goes. I, 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 I like to put it in the manner that he's, in, he's inclined to manipulate the rules a little bit when you're playing with him. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. That is fair. Now, again, speaking of rules, we had Darren Fletcher with us about a year ago. When, when when guests could travel, Walter, to the Middle East. And he told us a fabulous story, subsequently retold. But I'd like to hear it from your point of view. He said, 
the man probably responsible more than anybody yes. for making Ronaldo a player is Walter Smith. Walter Smith. And, and, and Andy and I looked at him and said, really? Well, How? He, made, he helped make me a player, so I'm not surprised. No, he's, he's, he said the biggest change that, that Ronaldo had to yeah. face was that when you stopped giving free kicks in practice matches, and all of a sudden, rather than, than, than dwell on a ball and, 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 and jink, get jink, kicked. step over, step over, get kicked, he had to move the ball at pace. Was, was that something that you'd done before or you did with, 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 with a purpose? No, 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 I hadn't done that before. No, I, the, the thing was, I went to Sally Carson to, to go and, uh, and work with him. I was there for like five months. And um, when I went down, uh, Cristiano was there and... Uh, you know, he was, um, what a talent. You could see the talent in him, although at obviously 18, 19 years of age, he had still a bit of maturity to come. So um, I was there and he would he would dribble all the time and he would uh, look for a little bit. And I didn't realise that it was a very, very competitive environment um, at Manchester United. So any time that you had a little game or you had anything like that, you know, uh, it was always Mike and I would always have to argue about who was going to referee. Neither of us wanted to referee. And, uh, but Cristiano was one of them. He looked for a foul all the time. Um, so he was doing so in games and everything. So uh, I got fed up. After after being there about three weeks, I, I got a wee bit fed up. With a bit different. So, so I, never, I never gave him a foul. And, uh, in fact, I never gave any of them a foul. I <laughs> just let them play. And... Uh, and on he went, and uh, it's nice for Darren to say that. But I, I don't, it wasn't, a, it wasn't an intentional thing um, on my own part. But the boys obviously remember it. Mm. And uh, you know, in the, my last day there, I was leaving, and um, you know, Paul Scholes came up to me and said to me, "We well, miss you. I said, Thanks very much. <laughs> we might start to get fools in some of the games." <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, well. But I, I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo was, uh, would make himself a player. He didn't need um, any help from me. He was, he was a hard worker. Um, he trained exceptionally hard. He practiced these free kicks and everything, being young right there. And I'd never seen anyone, um, you know, take free kicks to, in terms of striking the ball yes. the way he did. Yeah, he yeah. taught himself that. And uh, um, he's been on to have a most fantastic career so, from, uh, so out of out of frustration know, from your part then was born a different player really in a way well I, I, yeah you can't I, I remember I was only there for four or five months I, I more to say this is just a fact you're only there for about months or so if it did um, release the ball a bit quicker and if it did make him there um, it was to make life easier for me. That must have been fun, Walter. In, in general, in general, like standing on the sidelines. I know you'd coached great players, but you stood at Manchester United with these huge names, all personalities, all individual in many ways, but make up a team. That must have been a fun five months for you. Uh, it was obviously uh, well. The fact that going into management at Rangers and then going and Sir Alec asked me if I would help him out, help, help Mike Fuelin out, it was more than anything else because um, the Carlos Queras had gone with Real Madrid. And, um, you know, he had never replaced um, him as assistant right. uh, effectively. And Mike was left to do all the training. So I just went there and, um, to help him out. And it was fantastic. And the guys there were great. They were, they were, 
terrific attitudes. Yeah, you know, he had absolutely no problem in training or anything to do. And of course, that that, that goes down to Sir Alec in terms of um, you know his overall management. Um, but for me, I had, being a manager, you, you you maybe do less of the, of the overall training than you used to. So it was years, um, you know, at, at Rangers, mm. where I, I hadn't been doing the kind of the, most of the day to day training. So it was been back in time for me, but it was most enjoyable when the players there made it most enjoyable. They had fantastic attitudes and. Uh, a lot of them were maybe nearing the end of their career then, and uh, um, you know it was uh, it was it was a terrific experience for mm-hmm. me to go and see the close hand how Sir Alec worked. Um, I know you're going to say different players, but in terms of ability, Gaza or Ronaldo? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, uh, well, Cristiano Ronaldo made. Um, everything of the, the abilities that he's had, he's going on and had a career. Um, Gazes was always going to be um, up and down. Um, in terms of um, overall natural ability, you know, Gascoigne is probably above that. I mean, I remember I, my experience at Cristiano Ronaldo was only for a short Brief, period yeah, of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gazes is a bit longer than that. But Gazes is all, is all natural. He had no thoughts on tactics or football or training or um, improving at this or that. He just wanted to play football. That was all he did. He was like a schoolboy. I mean, you, you, you give him exercises and things like that, he wasn't really that interested. If you, if you give him a game, he would, uh, he would start in the game. And he was obviously, he had, he had a fabulous talent. But um, I'm afraid that any other aspect, you know, like game knowledge to, to gather, you know some of the, some of the great players and I've uh, to work with Graham Sooners for for one. Um, you could see right away that he had a, a, a game knowledge. He learned the game. Uh, Gaza never learned that. He just played football, and uh, he had he was fantastic at it. I mean, he we made a great. I would say two and a half, uh, three years at Rangers. Oh, it was um, it was terrific. It, was, it really was. By the yeah. way, Graham's the best player that Graham's ever worked with. Yes, he, he used that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I want to ask you while you're here, while you're time at Rangers, here's, here's one. When you when you and Graham um, uh, took me there to achieve a boyhood ambition and had played my last year at the team I supported as a boy, which I thank you for enormously, if you had any influence in that decision, Mr. Smith. But I want to know if you had any influence in another decision at the end of that season, <laughs> right? <laughs> when I had chipped in with a few valuable goals in our uh, first league title of the nine in a row. I love the story. And I'd been subbed with Davy Cooper most of the year. A couple of good players if you need them. You don't put a, a defender sub when you're Rangers in those days because you're never looking to protect the game. You're just looking to win it mm. if you're in trouble. So I arrived at Hamden, Richard, all ready to go. I'm re- I said to my family, get your tickets there. I'll, I'll the be opposition. on the bench with Celtic in the final. Yep. So I'm obviously I'm doubly determined if I'm called upon to be ready. And I sit in the dressing room, I'm sitting beside John Brown and then comes Graham and Walter and Graham announces the team. I'm not interested in the team because I know Davey and I are not playing, but we're 12 and 14. So I'm sitting near number 12. Walter knows where this so, is going. I can uh, sense that. Uh, the team is so-and-so and so-and-so. <laughs> Substitutes, Davey Cooper and me. <laughs> and I went to John Brown. Did, did he say me or did he say him? And Brownie looked all sheepishly at me and went, I think he said him, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Were you party to that decision, by the way? 
<laughs> I thought they thought it was the second music to be the West Ranger one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, 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 take the, I take the assistant manager's prerogative in that one. You know, I was assistant manager for a number of years and I learned that. Assistant managers always have a prerogative in a player action. Uh, did you have anything to do with that decision? And you quite rightly can say, maybe not in this straightforward language but um, uh, you say it's got absolutely nothing to do with me <laughs> the conclusion to the story so of, the, of course I'll is that Rangers lost and Graham's only only option uh, chasing a 1-0 deficit was to bring himself on oh, that exactly. four birth caravan that, that he, he was pulling at the time he fancied a Scottish Cup final winner's medal I think well, well that was it and we're chasing oh, the game yeah. and he brought himself on I thought we're not going to chase much that running about the midfield <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got to say, Graham's um, final game uh, in a, a league game against Infermont at Ibrox, um, he was substitute and um, he was about to uh, to put himself on um, late in the game and he had told everybody that that's what he was going to do, he was going to do a cameo at, at the end. And uh, the boys on the, the bench at the time all started laughing. Right, and I, I'm wondering what they're all laughing at. So Graham gets his takes somebody off, and Graham runs onto the pitch. Well, unknown to me, uh, the ones on the pitch refused to pass him. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's running to get the ball off him, and they miss him out. And then they miss him again, and then they miss him again. So he's been on the pitch for ten minutes. He's not the kick. Nobody will pass the ball to him, right? And when he had announced that he was going to, they seemingly all got together and says, right, when he comes on to the pitch, we'll no pass him. And honestly, I said, seems fair. Of course, he comes back, and then his question is exactly the same question as Andy's just asked me. <laughs> Did you have anything to do with that? So, Look up. So again, I, I took the assistant manager's prerogative again and said, no, it's got nothing to do with me. I would have loved, I would have paid any amount of money you like to have seen oh, that. I really would. Particularly that moment oh. as he stepped back off the pitch yeah. and hadn't touched the ball. Exactly. <laughs> well, that was so a good, good. Rangers team. We could do that then. Oh, goodness <laughs> me. Serious one. Um, time's uh, chasing us, Walter. What do you make of what's happening at Manchester United right now? Well, we seem to be going through on these periods. I think if you look at that clubs that have had managers uh, for long periods of time, you know, Sir Alec Asenbenga, for instance, mm-hmm. recently in England, um, they become totally identified as a football club. When they leave, there's always a gap. Um, the managers that have been there um, since then have, um, in many ways, um, had a, a struggle, obviously, to, to match um, even little bits of Sir Alex's success. But when I went there to work, um, it was all very straightforward. Uh, Sir Alex and David Gill had a great uh, working relationship. Um, you know, the, the template had been set there by Sir Alex for, for many years. And it was great to see it. And, you know, when, when, I, when I went and looked at it, Sir Alex, um, but working at him, I've known him for a good number of years, but working closely with him, you realise just how good he was in his job. I mean, uh, and the fact that he made it, and which it's not easy, but the fact that he made it easy was uh, made it look easy was part of his his genius. So there's a big hole 
when both these people left at the same time. And I don't think that that's been um, replicated um, by any of the coaches, managers and coaches that have worked there through possibly no fault of their own. And um, they have, when you look at Jose Mourinho and Louis van Gaal, David Moyes, they're all extremely successful, uh, being extremely successful managers. And they don't need to prove to anybody that they can manage a football club. But they've struggled at Manchester United. So you would say that maybe in terms of the overall management of the club, not football and management, the overall management mm-hmm. of the club, some of the decisions that have been made um, haven't been um, the right ones. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, it was always going to be a difficult task to, to replace. Well, to replace Sir Alex Ferguson, oh, yeah. Sir Arsene Wenger oh, yes. at, at Arsenal. Um, you know, my old um, club at Dundee United uh, with Jim McLean. Yes. The managers are there for 20 years. They, they, they obviously have uh, their influence runs all the way through the club. And when they depart, um, other people see opportunities to, to come in and, and take over. And I think Manchester United have, have struggled and uh, I've maybe lost a little bit of, of what they were. Mm. They were a proud club who Sir Alec always bought into the heritage of Manchester United. Um, and, you know, I think that's been lost a little bit. Yeah. And it yeah. became, from the outside, a totally financially based club, which, um, you know, if you look at the likes of Liverpool, um, you know, not only the, the, the recent success, but successes that they've had, um, you know, they, they've kept their heritage. Mm-hmm. They're a working club, working class club. Yeah. Um, their support of that, and that's it. And they don't allow um, money to dominate um, everything. And, you know, um, Manchester United are, um, have not really fallen into that. That kind of category. I couldn't agree with you more. And one of the, it's only a little thing, but it's the little things collectively that go to make success, is it not? When United were wearing black shorts last season, <laughs> I said to Andy, I remember Brian Marwood when he was working for Nike saying to me, Brian, who's now at Manchester City, of course, um, we, we always have to take the new kit in for mm-hmm. Sir Alex to, to sanction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, collar, no collar, you know, V neck and Fergie would always say, do what you like with the jersey. But it's red, white, black. That's it. And we don't move Tradition. from that. Absolutely. And when they started wearing black shorts as a first choice last year, I just thought, oh dear, it it that that's not what Manchester United looked like. And if they don't look like I expect them to be, I told you all those years ago, and they went to Highfield Road and Bestler and Charlton were on the pitch and they wore red. As a boy, that's what you want. Yeah. And and you buy into that. And I just thought then. Um, somebody at the club's lost their way. But uh, anyway, uh, Walter Smith, we cannot thank you enough. Before you leave us, have you got a favourite McCoist story? <laughs> favourite McCoist story? <laughs> uh, most of the McCoist stories that are among my favourites, I couldn't mention. That's <laughs> in any podcast. Uh, was he ever late but, for training? Uh, was he ever early for training? <laughs> Uh, that, that should have been more of the question if everybody uh, knows him but he's, he's one of those guys he's, he's, he just turns up and it used to be in the morning the conversations were always between Graham and myself were always um, and we had McCoy Steve girl, and Graham uh, innumerable number of times would say to me um, right when he comes in get him up here I want to speak to him <laughs> so there's always trouble so he always knew that there was no point in going and 
going into the dressing room early because we wouldn't be there. <laughs> so I used to stand at the bottom of the marble staircase. I always there was no training ground then. It was always at Ibrox and Chains, and I would always stand at the bottom there, waiting for them to come in. So you know, usually training starts at ten. Uh, you know, five minutes to ten. If you were lucky, he would appear um, and through his door, and I'd be standing at the bottom of the stairs. And we knew when I was standing at the bottom of the stairs waiting there, that was it. And he used to take one look at me, uh, and I would just shake my head and, and point up the stairs. And he would walk straight up the stairs in Marble's staircase. And, and well, I used to depart then because I had to go away and start the training. As right? assistant manager, but you Graham, chose Graham again always, to depart. always yeah. tells me, Graham always tells me the, the, the great aspects here. He's always that, that angry with something. And then he would come in and sit down um, and face Graham and say, right, I just want to tell you this. And away he would go and he would start to tell Graham innumerable stories that would make Graham laugh. And Graham used to say, that after 10 minutes or quarter of an hour, we'd be late for training. You know, I would have forgotten what I was going to get on to and following the first one. <laughs> so, he's <laughs> just one of those boys that wouldn't matter what happens. You could never come, up, you could never come away angry. Still the best, still the best. Walter, can't thank you enough. It's been an absolute pleasure for us. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Fantastic. Honestly. <laughs> he's a boy. Brilliant. Yeah, he's great, Walter. Just, just imagine him in that bunker now, uh, having a little look at it. <laughs> I thought you gave him a real... The toughest question you gave him was, have you got a favourite McCoy story? <laughs> that was the toughest of all. Back to the serious business. Yeah. Ed Woodward, four different managers. Yeah. Must have spent a thousand million. Uh-huh. Manchester United, not as good as they were when David Moyes took over. And I said to you mm, back then, they're eight not. short, mm -hmm. but probably not as good as they were then. It's been a... a Certainly no nearer winning the title. Further away, mm. don't you think? I think they're a long way away, yeah. It's, it's been an era under Woodward of decline mm -hmm. and decay. I don't think he should be entrusted with choosing another manager. I don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the former Mulder and Cardiff manager, is the right man to entice... Big names to Manchester yeah, United. It a, needs somebody yep. that can can do that, who knows that Gary Neville, after most of us, realised he was not going to be a coach. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 after getting Harry Kane to take corners for England and um, Barcelona putting seven past Valencia. Mm -hmm. But he's a smart businessman. Mm -hmm. he's, he's, yeah, he, obviously. He, he yeah. knows how business works. Right. He knows how Manchester United works. Yeah. He knows how football works. He's been full of good advice. Good advice for Woodward in, in trying to... Is he a pro Solskjaer appointment? I, I wouldn't have thought... Andy, Stop seriously, seriously. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? No, no, I know. I know. I think it was really? a big ask. I thought it at the time, said it at the time. Not for me. Um, but they've had some decent results. And uh, I think it's... Which top player? Yeah, yeah. Top player, not yet at his peak, mm -hmm. is going to say yes to Ole when he could go and play for Guardiola, Mourinho, Klopp. Klopp. Uh, Lampard. Uh, Lampard, Zidane. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, are they going to sell Shah? 
No, it's 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 a big problem for you. It would United. be a decision. So, what, but so do, do you, do you, you think, agree with what I'm saying? So you think the combination of Gary's business acumen, yes, that he has with the hotels and Salford, yes. Salford, F, Salford, United, Salford, the football club, Salford, yeah. the football club, and and his experience of being a Manchester United player for. 10, 15 years. Absolutely. Makes him an ideal candidate. I do. Do you? I'm asking you the question. Well, I don't know because I've never thought about that. I, I, I think a football person, I think somebody who's had the club at heart for this length of time that Gary's had the club at heart, if if his business acumen is as good as you say, and I don't know, but I guess it must be, then... Well, he's running a small production TV yeah. production company. He's. He, I, I, I mean... Who I, would make that decision, though? Ed Woodward the would owners. Make that no, I, I, the Glazers. I, yeah, I, 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 I just can't see how Manchester United fans now would would buy into the next appointment when everything so far. What, 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 has, do you think there's going to be one then? I think there's got to be. So, Don't you? After that six-one. Well, Did, one one result does not, of course, not a disaster make. But the manner of but the, it could have the manner up, of the could defeat, have come up Brighton. The manner of the defeat was would would, would worry me. It would worry me, and the level of criticism from. Fergie's team, mm. uh, players who played there, condemning pretty much everyone on the pitch for the lack of desire, fight, whatever you want to call it, um, would would worry me. Uh, listen, I think it's a hugely interesting appointment. That I mean, could have come would up, that lift United? Do you think? I think. The fans? It, I think. I think the supporters would buy into that. Yeah. Buy into I, th it, I think Edward would more than Ollie. I think Edward was time as a con. Yeah, I, I I really do. Well, he's had what four four. Mm, that's a lot, isn't it? And a thousand million. That's an uh, awful lot of money. That's a lot of money. So so where, where, how can you persuade the owners that your next idea is the better one? That's true. He's had a legend in Van Gaal too, in Mourinho. Moisey was Fergie's pick, but Solskjaer was his. Yeah. I mean... That's four, yeah. Oh, listen, listen, it's worth the thought. I mean, I hadn't thought about that this morning until you, when you arrived here. But certainly... You know, he ticks a lot of boxes, Gary. Mm. Absolutely ticks a lot of boxes. If, if he wants to go down that route, do you think he would? Yes. Do you? Mm. Right. Fancy, I think, fancies I think it's, it's snatched their hands off. And, right. and, and, and I, I, I think it would be the first positive move Manchester United have made in... Well, well so it's fairly left. Well, yeah, I, I wasn't anti-Moyes. If they'd given him time, we'll, as no, he always says, listen, I, we'll honest, never I know. I wasn't anti-Mourinho. No, not at all. He did delivered their last yeah, two trophies. I wasn't anti Mourinho, just that he, he player power got the better of Josie again, mm. as it did at Chelsea. Are you talking about the Mourinho who's who's been left behind by the game? The one that took a TV and beat him six one. Yeah, him. That one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, him. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Football's funny. But anyway, it'll be interesting to hear what if that gets out, and it will. Uh, what Manchester United think about your your uh, suggestion that Gary might? Well, Manchester United, take over. I'm sure, won't buy into the idea too much, but um, it, it could very well be that others do, and yeah. um, and 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 maybe that's the way forward. Uh, well, thank, thanks for listening. Uh, you can rate us, please. Um, we're looking for five stars. Above one would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is an exclusive podcast. I repeat, you won't find us anywhere else. So do follow and subscribe. Share on whatever platform you get your podcasts on. You can follow us and get in touch via Twitter at Keys and Grey, A-N-D, Keys and Grey pod, on Instagram at Keys and Grey, the podcast. And you can email uh, Keys and Grey, the podcast at uh, gmail.com podcast at gmail.com and we very much look forward to spending time with you next week
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.